Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode on the Drone to 1K podcast. We are on Season 5, Episode 8. Today, I have a guest, Kurt Clock, with Inspections Over Coffee. Very cool business. Uh, he does a lot of stuff, uh, including drones, but obviously some, some stuff in the inspection world. So I'm excited to bring this interview to you today. Um, a lot of good just business lessons in general here. So if that's something you're interested in or you want to hear about how drones are used in some of the inspection world, uh, this is a good one for you to listen to. If you are new with us and you don't know what the Drone to 1K podcast is, it is a podcast where we interview drone entrepreneurs who are doing at least $1,000 a month in revenue. So we have some drone entrepreneurs who have created companies that do hundreds of thousands of dollars a year in revenue and some that do maybe just in the tens of thousands of dollars per year in revenue. I want to give you a broad spectrum of part-time folks, people doing things in real estate, people doing things in mapping, people doing things in FPV, all sorts of different um, areas and income levels to give you an idea of uh, what's possible with a drone business and hopefully give you some tips, jog your thoughts, um, help you think of, hey, what can I do if I want to start something like this? So we've gotten a lot of good reviews. People find the podcast helpful, which is very encouraging to me, helps me keep it going. So if you like this podcast uh, and you want, us to leave, want to leave us a review, I would love to send you a free shirt to say thank you for taking the time to do that. Um, just leave an honest review, whatever you'd like to rate it, um, however th helpful you think it is to you. Um, just take a screenshot of your review, send it to George, J-O-R-G-E, at dronelaunchacademy.com, and then you can copy me, David, at dronelaunchacademy.com, and uh, show us your review, and we'll get a shirt out to you. They're nice and comfy. It's actually the same one I've got on now, although we had different colors. Um, but we're not just hawking crappy t-shirts on you. These are the same ones uh, that I wear. So we just want to say thank you for uh, taking the time to do that. Also, I talk about this on a lot of the podcast intros, but if you want some free swag, we give away some free swag and a course to some of our early listeners. So if you are listening to this podcast in the first week that it's released, just go to the email that it came in or go to the YouTube video link description. There's a link there. Answer one question about the podcast to prove that you actually listened to the episode and you'll be entered to win uh, some free drone launch swag. You can rank them in the order of like what you want, like a mug or a t-shirt or uh, stuff like that. So um, we just want to reward our early listeners and our loyal uh, listeners as well. So anything else I need to talk about? If you want some discounts on courses, you can go to dronelaunchacademy.com slash D1K discount. Uh, that's not indexed anywhere, so you have to type that in manually, but you can go there and get some discounts on some of our courses. Right now, we're in the middle of uh, launching a Real Estate Media Pro course. That's being taught live right now by Dominic Wilkerson. He's a, been a previous podcast guest. I'm going to try to get him back on here to give some updates. So if you're interested in the real estate world or getting started with drones that way, that could be really good for you. Uh, we're going to release that course down the road. We're going to produce a nice version of it, but right now we're in there with some beta students, um, about 100 of them testing it and getting it taught live um, and getting their thoughts and feedback on it so we can make a super awesome course once we have the final one done. Um, we have courses on mapping, modeling. What I'm really excited about is our Drone Launch Connect community. Uh, if you want to get in there, we're actually about to close it down or close down to make it not so it's not open anymore so we can build that community from within. So I think after it's closed, you'll only be able to get in if you have like a referral from an existing member. Um, but if you're interested in that, it'll be open for this week and next week, I think, or it'll be closing on uh, Tuesday. I'm not sure if it'll be closed or not by the time this podcast comes out. Uh, but if you're interested, just go to dronelaunchconnect.com and you can check that out. All right. Without further ado, 
uh, let's get to the interview. Thanks. All right. Well, welcome, Kurt, to the Drone to 1K podcast. Appreciate you coming on. This is Kurt Clock of uh, Inspections Over Coffee. Thanks for coming on, man. Thank you, sir. Nice to meet you. Yeah, you too. Um, so I usually start off the podcast asking everybody how they got into drones, and you were telling me about it a little bit before we started. Um, so you're kind of more unique than some of the other guests we have in that you don't just have a drone service business. So why don't you tell us maybe how you got into drones initially, and then talk about your kind of business as a whole and how drones fit in. Sure, sure. Um, I actually had an inspection company, property inspections, environmental, um, did a lot of work with insurance companies, engineering firms, um, stuff like that down in Florida. I sold that business, moved out to Colorado, and it didn't. I went to thought that I would have needed a drone down in Florida. I don't, I don't even know when they were invented. It first became like something you could buy at Best Buy, but... There's a lot of really big roofs and buildings out in the Colorado area, and you didn't want to like climb up on a 40 foot ladder to properly inspect um, a roof. And so I'm big on marketing. And so I said, well, look at all of the inspectors. I mean, we were basically when I sold that company, that was almost like a seven figure per year company. So to give you anyone listening, like a perspective, most home inspectors make like 50, 60 grand a year. My Denver business was doing 100, 150,000 a month. And because we're always talking to the real estate world about what we're doing and how we're doing it different. And we, and we always try to be progressive. So our reports are color coded and have videos and um, we just, we're always trying to be 1% better the next time we go out. And obviously drones were one of the ways to separate ourselves because the home inspection industry as a whole is kind of stuck in the nineties. I always like to joke. <laughs> yeah. um, it's just a guy with a truck and a flashlight. He goes home and, writes the report for four hours and we actually do it right on site. So we, I've got everybody down two, two and a half hours. And that includes droning a roof, uploading the videos, and, you know, you know, transferring them to, to a bigger iPad to look at it and actually inspect it. And then the other thing is um, I don't have the Colorado business anymore. I'm actually in Phoenix now. And like 90% of the roofs down here are tile roofs. And you can actually have, you might have a crazy homeowner who goes, we write down, yeah, there's a tile roof, uh, the tiles are broken. Um, and then they go, well, they weren't broken before you walked on the roof. So it's another reason not to not to want to walk on the roof. And you could see, I mean, with the with the drones that are available nowadays, the 4k, 5k videos, um, one, it's, it's not very expensive to equip our teams. And um, two, we get cool videos for our real estate partners. And then um, three, we just can't hardly miss anything. Yeah, no, that's awesome. So that's great to get this perspective because I was, I was like I was telling you before, a lot of times on the podcast we get, we get a lot of people who are shooting for real estate or maybe they got side gigs, but it's cool to hear somebody's perspective where you own business. And I think you said even there, you franchise them too, right? Yep. Yeah. So yeah, said, I sell inspections over coffee franchises and everybody who gets a, uh, um, a franchise has to be get drone license. And then part of our training curriculum is teaching them how to use the drone the way we do to make sure there's no inaccessible roofs. Yeah, that's awesome. So when did you first, you know, when were you like, oh, we got to get a drone in here? Was it was it like right when drones were first getting popular, you said? Or is it, do you remember when well, it did, was? That you when did drones idea? first become popular? <laughs> I don't know. Let's see, they had the Phantom 3 standard in like 2015, 2016. That was kind of like, I, I feel like when they started really kind of becoming more accessible, they were in like the four It was It was right around there because me and my old business partner, we, we had the business both by us, the Mavic 2 Pro. And I don't think that had been out very long. And then, okay. then the, for all the inspectors, we bought them, uh, Mavic minis. Okay, cool. So yeah, so several years. That's awesome. So yeah, do you five, remember, six years. 
When well, you can start- I add one more thing to it? So yeah, please. Another thing that's really cool that realtors love about us is like, you know, most inspectors will go inspect a condo and they just go look at the condo. And it might be like a, a mid-rise four or five story building. Um, but what I always do is actually take the drone up and have a look at a huge roof, um, tell them what condition the roof is in. I can even, I now, I'm going to brag a little bit, but I, I have the please. Mavic 3 cinematic. So now I can, I can actually get it really close to say like an air compressor on the roof. Um, sometimes I can actually get it close enough where I can zoom in and pull the serial and model number off of the air conditioner. So again, it's just those little things that we try to use to separate ourselves that nobody else would have gotten that. You know, you buy into a condo and sometimes people go, well, the, the, the roof is the HOA's problem. And you're like, well, right. yeah, but you're now one two hundredth of the HOA. So do you want to know what condition it's in? <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, no, that's awesome. So if you're going back, you know, and you said, I, you know, you and your business partner first got Mavic 2 Pros, um, you know, what was it like when you first got, like, what were you going out on your very first kind of inspections as you were implementing drones on? What was that like? What kind of stuff were you looking for? Like, talk us through how you were figuring that out. It's scary. <laughs> really? <laughs> I, I, so what I did is I took, uh, I lived in Colorado at the time and I took my drone over to a big park and it was right by a mountain. And I must've had to fly that thing like 15 times before I felt like even remotely comfortable because you know the first time you use them they're big and they're loud and you're you're assuming you're gonna like like a swarm of bees yeah yeah when you're gonna hit a tree and you're gonna lose control and you're gonna hit a helicopter or something and you feel like you're breaking rules and there's you know and everybody's paying attention to you because a lot of people haven't seen drones so now it's old hat the only thing that's weird now is um you know sometimes i go to neighborhoods and these little hoas uh they don't want people in there with the drones. So I have to play nice to go, Hey, we're just trying to, you know, video the roof here and get a good inspection of it. Cause there's a lot of, uh, people out there with they're over the top with their privacy concerns. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I can imagine HOAs. Everybody loves HOAs. Yeah. Um, do you have any good stories about, uh, HOAs haggling you trying to run you off? No, I will say though, this has nothing to do with drones, but we set up, we, we, I like to people to know we're there. So when they show up, and we don't use um, wrapped cars or anything like that. So I got these like sandwich boards, these A-frames, mm-hmm. and I was in, in a gated community and this lady pulls up and goes, and you know, imagine if I, I'm a guy there just in a black polo, you can barely see my logo and I got a drone and nobody knows what I'm doing there. So we have right. these big signs, this property inspection in progress. And I kid you not, three minutes after I put that up for the very first time, a lady pulls right up. She goes, that's a great way not to have the police called on you. So that's the, uh, that's the mentality oh. we, we're dealing with. Yeah. You know? You're opening yeah. something. I, I I mean, I've been doing this like 15 years. I've done 10,000 plus inspections. I mean, the number of times some nosy neighbor has walked up and said, can I help you with something, son? I go, no. Can I help you with something? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm being paid to be here. <laughs> yeah. It's almost, it's a little bit like the uh, reflective vest kind of effect. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. know if people have done that stuff. But like, yeah. You want to look I'm, very official. Yeah. Like I was... My friend hired me to go do some shooting for him. He owns a video production company. I do a little bit on the side for like people I know. And um, it was supposed to be like some big parking garage. It was downtown. There's going to be a lot of people around. I'm linking, thinking, oh, I don't want to go down there and get a drone out. People are going to be like, well, what do you do? This and that. Dude, I I'm, I kid you not. All I do is pick a little, I got a little standard reflective vest. It says nothing on it. I just put it on and I just walked out there and people just looked at me and this like looked away. They don't care. They're like, Oh, he's doing something official, you know? So that's a pretty clever idea. I'll tell you, I, um, I, I, I know of you because I took one of your classes in the Academy and I was trying to learn how to take cinematic video. So I go to the downtown in my city and I find like a five story, um, parking garage. And I think, Oh, it's Friday afternoon. I'll, I'm going to try to 
I'm practicing, right? I want to get like some sunset videos and some stuff of the downtown. Mm-hmm. And little do I know, that's apparently like the high school hangout spot. Like <laughs> for all these kids to like, because they got nothing better to do, but go watch the sunset and play loud music. And I just felt so wildly uncomfortable trying to fly my, I thought I'll be up on this little perch, fifth floor, top of the, uh, yeah, no I thought nobody's going to be here to bother me. And instead it was like a high school hangout. <laughs> that's how I uh, crashed my first drone action, not a parking garage, but I used to live in these townhouses and like all the porches, like the backs kind of faced each other. So when I lived in DC or outside of DC and uh, I took off, I had a fan three standard. It's like 2015. I took it off. I was trying to get used to it. I was bringing it back in. It was a bunch of middle school kids on this like other porch here. Like I could hear them laughing and talking about me. And I'm like, Oh man, pressure's on. Like I can't wreck <laughs> this thing. These kids are going to laugh at me. You know, I don't know why I cared what a bunch of middle school kids got thought, but you know, it's just like, you got a drone, you're nervous. right. And, uh, and I was bringing it back in, you know, and it's like facing you and you're not used to the controls. It's like right is left and yeah. left is right. Yeah. Well, it's close. I'm like, oh, I'm kind of close to my window. Tried to bump it out, smash my window, cut the screen, hit a snow shovel on the way down. They were haggling me and chuckling. I was like, oh. so anyway. <laughs> it's always the kids. Down. They're the meanest, right? <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Anyway, sorry. Back to your story. So uh, terrified to fly a drone, but it seems like you got used to it. And then what was like, what was the first time you actually used it on a property? How was it? What was that like? Oh, I can't. Well, we didn't really make it a uh, every house kind of thing. So we would usually uh-huh. bust it out for big commercial jobs, which really made us like stand out because, you know, you're talking about a huge building. Maybe it's really high up in the air. There's no access and to the roof and you're not carrying around 40 foot ladders. And even even like my own house is three stories. So a roofer wouldn't use a ladder to get up there. They would use like one of those accordion platforms, you know, for, yeah. from a safety standpoint. Um but now it's old hat. I mean, I've done thousands and I even taught my team how to, um, you know, get permission in airport, you know, those whole things, that whole problem yeah. and, and all that. So, and I taught my franchisee in Denver, the business that I sold, like I go, Hey, I got, I put some training videos together. It teaches you how to do And He's actually a licensed commercial pilot from when he was young. And he goes, I didn't even know we could do that. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you could do it. Like I like, the training like, for it. like aircraft pilot. Yeah, like he flew commercial pi- uh, airlines when oh. he was like 22, oh. like 30 years right. ago, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome. Um, so now for your inspection business, do you have them fly them on every job or do you still kind of only have it on when they need to for the- No, we, I, for me personally, I don't like walking on tile roofs. They're a little slippery and a little sketchy. Um, and then any two-story house. So basically the only thing, and I, I don't do a lot of the inspections because I have inspectors. Um right. But by, we'll usually walk on a one-story shingle roof, but pretty much everything else, I'm going to fly the drone just because it's easier and it's safer. I mean, the, the most unsafe thing we do all day is like that transfer back from the roof to the ladder, you know? So yeah. I don't want anyone getting hurt. I'd rather, yeah. I mean, and again, the videos are so good. I just make everybody transfer them from their phone to their, to an iPad. So it's a little bigger screen and you can see it really well. But yeah. other than that, and then the client actually gets a copy of it. So they know, they get, they know exactly what everything looks like. Yeah. No, that's awesome. I mean, I remember when I bought my house, you know, the roof inspector, they, or the home inspector, you know, half the time they're just climbing up on the side of the ladder and just kind of taking a peek and, you know, taking a quick yeah. picture. Um, well, like I said, nobody's carrying a ladder around. Like, you know, the industry standard is like a 16 foot ladder, anything above that. And most inspection organizations don't expect, you know, inspectors to carry anything. But you come to my house, my roof's like 40 feet in the air. And so no reasonable person, and you don't have to stand so far away with binoculars to see what's going on that the drone is a no-brainer. Yeah. It was funny. Well, we were I was doing some research for some training we were doing about using drones um, on some roofs, and I was looking at 
uh, OSHA, you know, fines or different things for people either falling off roofs or um, things like that. Man, there there are a ton of like roof related injury reports. People oh, yeah. just like one little step or one guy, you know, getting on a ladder, just like tons and tons of ladder. I didn't realize how many there were going to be. There were just thousands and thousands and thousands. Of oh, yeah. Well, and most inspectors are single operators. So if you no longer can inspect because you fell off a roof, then your your money stops. Yeah. 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 So anyways, yeah, it's, that's a huge, uh, that's a huge asset. I think that's really cool. Um, so with the home inspection business, um, you know, normally when we're on here, there's people who are doing more drone service stuff, but let's say someone was like, I'd rather go, I like inspection stuff. I want to do kind of go the home inspection route, but use drones, or maybe they want to use drones for other type of inspection stuff, maybe related to roofs. Um, what's some good like info that they would need to know? I mean, I know you probably need to get licensed to be a home inspector. Is that right? Like, is that state uh, by state? I think 38 states require a license of some kind. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And some are easy to get and some are hard to get. And then there's some states like Colorado and California that don't have any licensing. Okay. That's interesting. Um, but for like a home inspection, I'm assuming it varies by place in the country like everything does. But like, what's a typical home inspection going to run of like, let's say like a, you know, three, two, 2,000 square foot house, like two uh, uh, everybody's raised their price a little bit in the last year with inflation. So your average home inspection is probably going to be 350, 400. Okay. Um, the key for our business and the, why it was so easy for us to add drones was like, we have lots of ancillary services. So we, we do mm. sewer scopes, we do termite inspections, we do mold, we do lead paint, we do asbestos. Um, we do air quality, we do radon. And so just adding one more line um, is, was easy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and so again, I'm big on the marketing side. So I, I love to use those drone videos and go, Hey, look what we're doing. Um, and, and it's a, it's a source of, you know, people notice you. And then also like, I'll go, if I go do a, an event, I bring my thermal camera, my iPad, to have a sample report and the drone. Mm. And what's really funny is they all think I'm like a real estate photographer. I'm like, no, no, no inspections. Uh, there's no roof we can't get to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. So like, the business I, I sold in Denver, I sold my half of it. It's still a franchise. It did 1.55 million last year. Mm. And I moved to Phoenix and I start. it was COVID. So I wasn't selling a lot of franchises. Not a lot of people were starting businesses. Um, so I started one of my own franchises and we're in like month 15 and we're doing about like 30,000 a month right now. Wow. That's awesome. So I think, you know, regardless of, you know, you're doing home inspection stuff, but no matter what, if you have a business and you have a service, a lot of the marketing principles are going to be similar or the same. So if you're talking to somebody, let's say, and they're wanting to start a drone service business, um, maybe inspections or whatever, you know, and you're going to coach them through, hey, I want to get started first three months. What should I be doing? Like, what would you say? I'm going to say the same thing I tell everybody, and that is you have to understand. Okay, here's the mistake new business owners make. They want to talk about what they do. And the reality is nobody gives a shit what you do. You have to take some time, pour a glass of wine, drink a beer, whatever you do, relax, write down on one side of a piece of paper, everything you do. And on the other side of the paper, write down what that means to the person who would hire you. Mm. And you spend all of your time talking about what it means to other people. In other words, if we could get off of drones for a second, I make sure. everybody, well, we all do thermal imaging of every house that we do, right? And mm. so, but, but who cares? That's what we do. So what that means is that we find hidden water leaks, electrical issues, and missing insulation all hidden behind the walls. So we're going above and beyond so that you and your clients, the buyers, whoever, don't inherit problems that are hidden. 
So that's what it really means, right? We we do drone video work just so that you know you don't you we so that you know what you're buying when it comes to your roof. If you are, you know what I mean? Like there's mm -hmm. no roof where the inspector just goes, oh, I can't see what's up there. So for right. a new business owner, don't say I do mapping. Don't say I do real estate photography. Don't don't like stop talking about what you do and start talking about what it means for someone else. I mean, even if a realtor, you know, if you're going to get into real estate photography and videos, you're going to use drones. Don't say I do drone videos. Say, you know, I make your house more sellable. You know, tell them what they need to hear and what, like it's the whole feature benefit thing, but nobody ever sits down and ever does it. And next thing right. you know, that's why, you know, it's that whole, I think I've read some stuff you've written about it being a race to the bottom. And, but there's some people that probably kill it. And it's because their marketing is focused on what the outcome is for the other person. Not, mm -hmm. you know, cause again, if I say I do drone video and you say you do drone video, now we're just competing over price. Right. Right. Not it's, I think you're spot on. You're spot on. I mean, cause and I, I think one of the things that people run into is maybe they don't, they go, oh, I like drones or whatever. I like this thing, right? Like, um, you know, I used to be an accountant. So like I know people who do bookkeeping or CPAs or whatever, right? They're like, ooh, I like numbers. Ooh, I can do financial statements or I can do this. And they get so fixated on that. And sometimes they don't really even understand what that's doing for someone else, right? Like a business owner or realtor or whatever um, especially when it comes to maybe more technical stuff they think oh mapping school i like data but when they go to meet with a person in construction or whatever survey they're like okay cool how am i going to use this and they're going to be like well i don't really know can't you use it for something or isn't it valuable somehow but they don't really know how to communicate that right well, so not only that but i think that's the second half of it and that's about being in a professional like I take it, like I don't take myself seriously, but I take the business very seriously. And I'm not going to send anybody out that isn't fully capable and trained like from day one. So I can, the way to relate that back to drones and the, way, the reason I know who you are is because I took one of your academy things on um, cinematic drone, like drone videos and stuff. Because um, mm -hmm. I wanted to learn that as a hobby and, and sort of give back to my realtors and be able to take good videos. But then what happens when I went through that, now I take really cool real estate videos um, and if I post them online and then I go look at like someone that is actually doing just drone photo video business. And then I look at their YouTube videos and literally they suck compared to me being a brand new guy because I, I treated it professionally. I went through your training. I went A to Z, all of it. And then I went out and practiced before I ever post anything online and I'm not bragging, but you guys taught me how to make videos that are not part of my job better than people that are treating it as a job. And so you can't take yourself very seriously, but I think you should take, like, if you're going to charge people money, you should be fully, you know, professional about it. <laughs> That's my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, tell me a little bit about that too. So you, so you use, well, I have a couple of questions. So you're talking about thermal drones earlier too, and I want, I'm interested in hearing about that. So let's go thermal first. So you have, you say you do thermal, a thermal inspection. I no, use a thermal drone. For that no, no, have, no, cause don't, I think the one drone is really expensive for thermal. And the only reason we would use a thermal drone is to look at, solar panels. So yeah. I haven't really found that to be like a huge, we do inspect solar panels, unlike most inspectors who just say, no, it's not part of the inspection. And if I'm on the roof, I could take my thermal camera. And I don't know if any, you probably know how this works because you teach the classes, but like basically the solar panels won't reflect cold because they're not absorbing the heat from the sun if they're not working. So a hot solar panel is actually a broken solar panel. Um, but it just doesn't, it doesn't come up and often enough for me to spend yeah. money times however many inspectors for the thermal. But what we do have is handheld thermal cameras handheld. and we scan the whole outside and the whole inside looking for other home inspection items that are not drone related. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Okay. And then um, on the cinematic stuff, you're mentioning you you create videos as like gifts for your real estate. Uh, I don't know partner. I don't know if they're real estate agents or what. Tell us about that. So I spend all all of my marketing dollars for my inspection company is spent getting in front of real estate agents. And basically when they know about us and they like us, they tell their client, Hey, you should work with inspects over coffee. They do a great job for a fair price. So I like to try to do some artistic stuff and drones are fun. And so I got a cinematic Mavic three and, um, but I also have, I have a zoom two, I have a pro and then I have a mini and then some of my inspectors have all the minis. Um, and, I, if, if I'm like, I, so now I live in Gilbert just outside of Phoenix and Phoenix has some really cool properties on mountains and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'll literally, if I have my drone me and I see a cool piece of property, I'll just pop it out, go do some cool, um, video of it. And then I'll edit it and I throw it up on our YouTube page. But then what I can also do is if I do have realtors that are referring us business and I go, Hey, if you've got a listing and you want some cool drone video, like mm. I'll just, you know, I don't have to even charge you. I'll just go do it. And then you know, so I've done that. I did one guy, his mom, she wanted to sell. So I did some for them. And for me, I just, I put it up on our YouTube page and it, it's also credibility. Gotcha. Building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's smart. I mean, it also gives you more face time in front of that real estate agent and get to build some goodwill with them. Right. Yeah. Well, and if you get really good videos of really cool properties up on mountains, like it's a, it's a, it's an attention getter when you're at like a, a convention or speaking to them or whatever, you know? Yeah. So I'm guessing real estate agents are your number one, like referral source for inspection. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Are you guys doing mostly residential stuff? You mentioned you do some commercial stuff too, right? Yeah. Usually what happens is it takes like two or three years of being on site, doing a lot of residential and then some commercial people get to know who you are, but we do actually, we have a whole commercial side built out and it it just takes a little longer to, to penetrate them because they don't like, they don't like change. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's because you have to fight that with a lot of, with a lot of people. Um, so with the, um, you know, if you're, when you're building, we can just go back to like general business stuff too, because I think a lot of this crossover is the same, right? You mm-hmm. know, what are your strategy for getting in front of real estate agents? Like, how do you, how do you do that? Are you just going to events where they are? Or are you just walking into their office? What do you do to get in front of them? You could do all of that. But again, if you do it, you, if you look, if you walk in there and go, I'm a drone person, please work with me. They're going to go, okay. I mean, you might win some business going in cold like that. But again, if you, if you had a drone business that said, you know, throw out some technical stuff, you do white balancing, you use uh, Premiere Pro to edit, you, uh, you know, whatever. And then you go, you know, we're, we're, we're always on, like, again, your, your thing that you do, we're always on time. We use the te- latest technology. We'll throw, you know, whatever you do and you flip that to the other thing, that will make any of the efforts and outreach that you do like on steroids, right? So one of the number one places to find real estate agents is uh, LinkedIn. So I use LinkedIn as a social media platform to find realtors, not as a, hey, here's my resume and give me a job. So what I do is I literally, I have a pre-made email message and I just, I link up, I probably have like 3000 people on my LinkedIn right now. I think about 800 of them are realtors in Phoenix. So like every morning, I just shoot that same email message 20, 25 times to, mm. to new realtors. Says, hey, this is what we do. I have, um, I'm a paid preferred partner at uh, several agencies. So basically, I get to talk at their events. Um, I get access to the realtors. I've listed my logos everywhere. Um, I get to teach classes, um, all those kinds of things. Now, is that um, then, with the actual like real estate offices or is that with like the real estate associations in the area? No, the offices. So that, okay. like, if you have a local Keller Williams office, 
they might have a preferred partner program and for 500 bucks a month or hundred bucks a month or a thousand, whatever, you know, depending on how big they are and how many agents they have. And they also have different levels. You could have like gold, silver, bronze, where you get more if you're gold, but you pay more, but they usually have happy hour events. They have all these events for you to get to go out and meet realtors. So there's lots of those kinds of things. Gotcha. Um, what I've done, what I'm working on right now is I actually put together an entire real estate, like top real estate agent training curriculum where I'm doing all the video work right now. And I'm sort of giving them behind the scenes. Like, here's what we're looking at for roofs. Here's what we're looking at for mold. Here's what we're looking at for asbestos. Here's what we're looking at for structural problems. And they're all like four to seven minute videos. And yeah. then I have a database of realtors that I paid for and I've cleaned up over the years. So I have like 17,000 realtors there. But again, nobody knows who you are. So what I'm doing is I put this curriculum together of things that I'm an expert about that they only need every so often. So that'll soon be on our YouTube page and then embedded it all into their own individual blog posts. So not only me, but all my new franchisees will be able to send these trainings out. They're very nice. short and simple. And again, we're not, there's no ask, right? We're just like, right. Hey, we're all credibility, education, giving you help. And then of course on the blog page, there's always the button to take you to whoever your local inspection over coffee is. So it's some nice circular, you know, you could send the email out that says, Hey, are you wanting to learn about lead paint? It's a five minute video, everything you know about lead paint and how we find it or don't find it. Right. And then, then again, cause that's, that's the hardest part of any service business is there's plenty of home inspectors to go around. There's plenty of financial advisors to go around. There's plenty of CPAs to go around. There's plenty of drone operators to go around. So what you need is credibility. So, you know, I find that education for the realtors is, is great. No, that's so smart. And I really like the five minute part of it too, because a problem I get sometimes, you know, I get, we all get a thousand emails a day and I get one that's like, Hey, you know, do this, you know, look, I just made this ultimate resource and I'm thinking, I uh, click on it. It's like a 40 minute video. I'm like, I'm not going to watch this. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, uh, or you just, you, every, you're saying everybody's busy. And the, if you're interrupting them with an email or an ad or whatever it is, and they're like, Oh, it's going to be a big time suck. Unless they really, really want to see it. And like they have a big problem or something. They're probably not going to sit there because they're in the middle of their day, but they're like, Oh, lead paint. This could be a problem because there's a lot of old homes here. So five minutes, let me just watch this real quick. You know what I mean? I think that's really good to have that in a much more consumable format. Yeah. And you know, what's funny. Cause what that does is that gives me the ability to put all of that in email form and send that out. And even if they don't ever watch it, then they still know that I have all that knowledge and maybe they'll give yeah. us a chance when it's time for them need an expert. Yeah, no, it's so true. And I, I think it's nothing that can be learned too on the education side of it. Right. So obviously we do drone education. So I kind of live in that world. Right. But I've seen other people successfully do this in service businesses. Um, and even one of, another guy we had on our podcast and he's taught in some of our courses, you know, by teaching. So he'll go and he'll go to, this is Jeremiah Oshwald, Beardhouse Media guy. He does just videos for real estate agents. He only does videos like walkthrough videos and he makes good money doing it because he knows how to just like crank them out really good. Um, but he just goes and he says, Hey, goes to the association of realtors, kind of like you're saying, get in front of people to train or teach. He'll teach them, you know, Hey, let me just show you if you want to do drone stuff, what it takes to shoot drone lessons. You need a, a license. You need to make sure you're checking the airspace. You need to, you know, he, he walks them through it. And so it's either helpful for them because they're like, oh, cool, I can do that. But then half of them are like, I don't want to bother with all that stuff, right? Oh, but now he's man. like, yeah, now he's seen there as the expert. And he's like, and he does not push. He's just like, hey, if you want to, you know, chat about anything or if I can help you, let me know. Um, so there's, I mean, there's that. I just, any service professional where you can, and like you, you're teaching like a snippet of kind of stuff you do, but you don't expect your real estate agents to be like, oh, I'm going to go become a licensed home inspector now. Like, right. I don't need this guy. You know what I mean? They're right. not going to do that. It's just like some sort of stuff. Um, so I think that's, I think that's really smart. Um, 
Oh, man. So I'm curious on the franchising, what made you uh, go down the road of franchising your, uh, your business and going grow, growing that way? So what's funny is, is I, I had a business in Florida that I've had for probably, I don't know, eight, nine, 10 years. And I'd kind of fallen into it. I'd only started to do the full home inspection, the one everybody thinks of when they buy a house towards the end. Um, I had, it was a construction. I started doing construction inspections. Are, are you, you're not in Florida, are you? I am actually. I'm right between Tampa and Orlando. Oh, we're at Lakeland. Oh, okay. I've spent many. Yeah, I know Lakeland well. Um, so where, my business is Orlando. What's that? Oh, oh, Orlando. Okay, you're like yeah, yeah. So, um, um, so when you buy a house in Florida, you don't just get the regular inspection. You got to get these insurance inspections. So the first one I ever learned how to do was like an 06. It's called a wind mitigation. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but I basically. Got one for my house. <laughs> it's an eight point inspection that tells the insurance company how well your house is built and the better it's built to withstand wind damage from a hurricane, the more discounts they're required to give you. So I, I actually came, I was an, I was an investment advisor before that. I sold that small practice and um, I started doing these wind mitigations because the state was paying for them and you could do like 10 a day at a hundred dollars a pop. And um, it was good money. You're wearing shorts in a cargo short and shirt and driving <laughs> around all day. And um so when the funding for that ran out, I kind of found myself like, oh, I better kind of make, turn this into a business. So I made postcards. I started to go around to insurance companies. Then they added this other, this um, inspection called a four-point inspection, which is kind of a, a light version of a, a wind mitigation. And then one of my best friends at the time owned an environmental engineering firm, and I did nuclear chemistry in the Navy. So I had all this sort of environmental nuclear blah 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 background nuclear so i started chemistry doing like, what <laughs> yeah in the navy you know all the all the subs and most of the carriers are run by nuclear reactors so somebody's got to maintain the chemistry and work on the radioactive valves and all that good stuff so were you on a submarine uh no i was on two aircraft carriers okay all the Man. training's basically done in submarines yeah. though that's awesome sorry i didn't mean to interrupt i'm just like no it's fine i'm happy to tell you about just that but drop these well, little snippets like yeah you know like nuclear <laughs> chemistry. well so my uh one of my best friends owned an engineering firm environmental engineering so he would have me go out soil sample air sample water sample you know i worked with industrial hygienist we do mold lead paint we were doing uh this was back in the time of uh chinese drywall so i learned how to do chinese drywall testing um and basically I, I would get called in from the insurance company to do the the, ins the insurance inspections. But then the realtor's like, dude, you do like really top end work. How come you're not doing full home inspections? And in my mind, the full home inspection was like a guy with a ponytail, a cigarette and a clipboard. And <laughs> when he's when he's not doing a home inspection, he's like working on an air compressor, you know, an air conditioner. And I'm like, that's so not me. Right. But then I kind of started to learn what an inspection was. and was not. I was like, oh, we could do that. We could actually do it better than everybody's doing. So that's what we do. Um, so I kind of forgot your original question, but um, <laughs> I asked you how you got into franchising it. And you mentioned that. Oh, first sorry, sorry. Yeah, so I sold the business in Orlando. Yeah. It was mildly successful, a couple hundred grand a year. Um, but that it was, was kind of a one man. Sh I made all Hold the on. mistakes, everybody. Huh? Sorry. So you were in Orlando. You had a yeah. home inspection business with all these other kind of like ancillary services with yeah. it. And you were the only person in it. And you're making a couple hundred grand a year doing it. Pretty much. Yeah. I, I made the same mistakes everybody else makes. Like I would bring a guy in. I would train him a little bit. He would try to steal my business. I didn't train him very well. So people like working with me, but not him. And it was just the whole platform and foundation wasn't there. So at some point I said, look, there's like 18 systems I need to turn this into like a real, real business. I need accounting and I need the ability to take credit cards and I need 
like I was one of the first people that took all these forms and uh, put them into like a, a, a workable PDF. And I had people signing the contracts and stuff, right. And the wind mitigation right on the iPad instead mm -hmm. of, you know, doing it manually. Um, so I was ahead of the curve on all that stuff. So once I finally built all of those systems, then the, I sold that business I moved to Colorado and my buddy was like, you got a pretty good thing going on there. I think we should, we should. So he actually paid me to be my 50, 50 partner. And we basically built that one from the ground up with every intention of taking it city to city. Well, once you try a bunch of different things, once it, whether it's joint venture or this or that, or trying to, you know, if I were to try and hire an inspector in Orlando for my Orlando business that I'm not on site for, like it just almost never works. So where we ended up landing was franchising. You pay for the franchise, you get the same business and systems that the seven figure company runs on. You get all the training. So you're like a little clone of me basically. And then not only that, but all of that training that you get when you're ready to bring an inspector in, they go through the same training. If you bring a salesperson in, they go through the same training. Um, and it's been expensive over the years. I'm still not huge yet, um, but uh, you know we're working on it. But but it's really about having that foundation. I mean, I probably have like a hundred plus training videos for a new franchisee, whether it's in the office inspecting. I mean, even all the things we're talking about, like going out to offices and doing outreach and talking to realtors, like we have, it's all like in video format for people to just revisit whenever they want. So yeah, we just yeah. found that if somebody pays to play, they're most likely to have a, a chance of success because we would literally set people up with our business model and we would 50-50 own the company with them. And then they would go, well, how come you're not getting fired? Like they weren't doing all of the things necessary. They weren't treating it like a real business owner, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, yeah, you don't have, I mean, I found it with myself when you don't have skin in the game and monetary investment and a lot of time investment, you don't take it as seriously no matter what. So. Yeah, and I, one of my first training videos when you first become a franchisee is called "Owning a Small Business Is Not What You Think It Is." <laughs> so, <laughs> and it, it's all—it's just maybe ten minute, twelve minute, fifteen minute video about like it's not BNI meetings, it's not Chamber of Commerce meetings, it's not—it's not any of that stuff. You know what I mean? Like everybody, they think they're working; it feels like work, but you're not actually getting anything done. So, right? Yeah, no, I, I, I get it. Um, I, I mean, I've noticed even like groups that I've been a part of, or even like we've done, I've done little side joint venture things. And when you don't have, I don't know, when you don't have your stuff invested in it, because everything gets hard at some point, right? It's not like Rosie, it gets hard usually pretty quickly. And, you know, if you don't have a good reason to be like, no, I'm not going to wait from the walk away from this, then you probably just will when it gets tough. So yeah, and everybody wants everything done for themselves, you know, I mean, yeah. done, done for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no. There's no free. Awesome. Well, I not you know, it's just it's funny offshoot. I'll have realtors go, well, are you going to send me referrals? I'm like, listen, I have a thousand realtors that send me a referral. If I had a referral for every one of them, I would just, you know, I, I would just start a brokerage. <laughs> you <know? laughs> You're like, thanks for the idea. Yeah. yeah. Um, no. Well, hey, man, that's awesome. It sounds like you've built a great system. And like you said, you've been in business and learned all these mistakes and know kind of every time you make a mistake and you go to do it again, you can make sure you set it up the right way. So uh, I think it's awesome that you have those systems in place to have a business that sounds like it's scaling and growing and, you know, some great, well, great and, advice. And I know this is for people that are kind of wanting to get going in the drone business, right? So I would just make sure, you know, my big piece of advice are know what you're doing, like be a professional. And then number two is just take that time. It does take some, some real mental power to think about, like forget about what you want to say and what you want to feel, what you want to think, like think about someone's listening to you. 
you're going to tell them I do drone video. They're going to go, great. My, so does my uncle and my cousin and my younger, my nine-year-old nephew, right? So if you've got some really compelling things that makes you more professional and higher, higher level and you deliver on them, you know, that's really, that's the difference between people who succeed in any business and people who don't, as they sit down and they figure out, I mean, cause you know, there's plenty, like I said, I, our home inspection businesses grow super fast cause we do do all that, but there's a lot of home inspectors that do 50 grand a year because they're like, well, I, I got some realtors that are friends and I told them I'm an inspector. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it's another thing that a lot of people complain about, right, is what I found when someone tries something and they're not successful in any type of established market, their go-to excuse is, well, the market's just saturated. You know what I mean? That's the reason I can't get business because the market's saturated. And it's like, no, just because there's other people doing what you're doing doesn't mean it's saturated. It means that you're, they've just, other people have figured it out better than you, right? You know, like you're going into home inspection. Like you said, there's tons of home inspectors, but you're really successful because you've sat down and done the difficult thing of thinking through that and trying to think of systems and hey what does the customer actually rather than just being like i know how to do this service people should pay me for it what's wrong with other people right you know you're like, yeah everybody thinks when you get the license it's a license to print money and i would say that that is completely false yeah <laughs> yeah the, getting the license is the easy part yeah and that's i mean that's kind of true with any service business where you have to have a license like just because you go and pass the bar exam and open up a little office and hang a sign out. Like, it's not like you're going to become a successful attorney or yeah. a CPA or whatever. You know what I mean? I, I tell people that all the time. I'm like, uh, one of my good friends from grade school uh, is a chiropractor and he's pretty good. And guess what? He's also buying the joint chiropractic franchises because it's like, I, I have this little FAQ thing that I send out to people that are interested in the franchise. And it, it's, uh, I, I try to tell them like, we're everything past the license. We're the whole business model. Like, because otherwise you need a website, flyers, business cards, you need, um, you need marketing emails, you need a system that sends out the marketing emails, you need people to send out the market. Like my last piece of advice would be like, start really small with your niche. And nobody ever wants to hear this. Cause if you just go running around telling everybody you do your own video, like who cares? No, one, no one's going to care. I would even tell you that you should, you should like, don't just even say real estate or don't say construction. Like you should go even smaller than that. And here's why it's because if you're going to take my advice on all that outreach stuff that we do and you go to LinkedIn and let's just, it's, you know, it is easy to find realtors, but if you find realtors that work with veterans, right. And you give a veteran, like it just becomes easier and easier to find those people. And your message resonates much, much better with those people. It doesn't mean that the other realtor in their office that doesn't work with real uh, veterans won't call you for business, but this is all about your marketing and your outreach and your message. And you want to be able to take that to as specific of a group, of people as possible. That was my biggest, probably eye-opening moment when I went from finance, where kind of everybody was a potential client, to these very specific insurance inspections. Because all I had to do was drive around and stop by insurance offices. So you know your little local insurance agency that says, you know, State Farm or Allstate or whatever. Like I would literally just walk in and go, "Hey, here's some postcards," and like maybe we'd be friendly, maybe we wouldn't, but I got phone calls because. I was providing, they were like, because you go get your homeowner's insurance. They would go, How, who the heck do I call? I go, oh, I got a postcard right here. Call Kurt. You know? <laughs> so it just made my marketing very easy and very inexpensive. Yeah. 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 No, it's so true. I mean, I think Alex had a, uh, what did he say? He's like, 
I mean, we've talked about niching down before, but Alex Harris, the guy who teaches the Aero Video A to Z course, he had one example that really got me laughing one time. It was something like, if you have a super rare pug that has some, you know, pr problem that only pugs have, he's like, are you, and there's two vets right next to each other. One's just like a general, like, hey, vet, we see parakeets and dogs and all this stuff. And then the pet next to him is a, you know, a pug only veterinarian <laughs> shop. You know, like, you're obviously going to go in there and yeah. they could both do the same thing. So um, it's just people go, Oh, that's what I need. Right. It like locks in on exactly their, their prop. So that's also a great, great message. So, so that is true. And I'll tell you, like the, the marketing thing is that it's all about having a very specific thing you do for people that helps them solve a problem. But to your point, you have to then be able to go out and find those people. You know, if I started like a baby, I don't know, baby stroller company for, for single moms, like I have no idea where to go find single moms. Like, do you go to PTA meetings? You go, I, I just wouldn't do it because I don't know where you find, I don't know where you find that group of people, right? Yeah. But if you said, uh, you know, you're a realtor and you help veterans and first responders, you can put all of your marketing together and you can go to the VFW and you go to LinkedIn and you can um, link up with every single veteran. You could literally walk into the police station and drop flyers and go, hey, we do really specific stuff for police officers and firemen. And you go to the fire station and literally you could go to them and teach them classes about what you do. And they're definitely going to be interested. And I always tell people, I'm like, if you help a colonel buy a house as a realtor, that doesn't mean you can't help his brother who's not in the military. This was just your way to do that outreach yeah. to that group of people and help them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Now, Can I tell you one last funny um, drone story? Please. Yeah, always. So back to drones. I feel like we just talked all business, but... Um, so had the Mavic mini, I like it. I love how small it is. It gets up really easy and fast, but I was in a really rough part of town and, um, I was doing this crappy little condo and I was like, well, let's just have a quick look at what the roof looks like. The, the building and all the buildings weren't really well taken care of and all that stuff. And again, being in Phoenix, I had one of those like desert storms pop up really fast and you could kind of see it coming, but, and I got to tell you, be careful with the Mavic mini. <laughs> it's really light. And that wind just pushed it like two and a half, three blocks away. And I'm like, oh my Lord, I'm like freaking out. Cause again, I'm in not a great part of town, right? And you don't, you're not trying to like be in people's neighborhoods, you know? And yeah. um, I- uh, so just I, like, I'm, I'm not like, getting that drill back or what? What's that? Did you just like cough it up? Like, well, that's gone. No, no, it's $500. I wasn't letting that go. So what I did do though, is I, um, I, I saw this enormous white trailer parked in front of a house, kind of like a, like a construction type trailer. And I was like, man, I don't know where, because I'm literally, I'm looking at like on my phone almost, like trying to figure out where the drone went. I couldn't bring it back. And um, so I like I land next to the white trailer. And I'm like, man, so I jump in my car real fast. I run around and it's one of those neighborhoods where you got like all row eight or three blocks around. And somehow I'm like, oh my God, thank God I picked the white trailer. Because you look down the street and there's this huge white trailer. And luckily, oh. you know, there were no kids or anything on. I was able to pop by and go get it. But be careful <laughs> with the wind with those Mavic Minis. Yeah, man. That now, though, that I was flying one the other day. It wasn't even the Mavic Mini, it was the Mavic Air 2. And I got it up and I was trying to fly. Shot. I was like, man, why is this thing? It kept getting, it was going like this to the side. And of course, the DJ, I think, is freaking out. Strong winds land now. Yeah, yeah. Like, nah, it's fine. But yeah, it was, it was, uh, you got to be careful. That, I've had to take, thing. yeah, I've tried to take some of that cinematic video that Alex taught me. And um, you just can't do it on a windy day. You can't get a smooth video. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should have seen. I tried to hyperlapse <laughs> that day, and it was like all over the place, bouncing <laughs> all around. So, yeah. Um, but, anyways, well, Kurt, I appreciate you getting on here and sharing all your uh, business advice. I mean, I know you're doing home inspection stuff, but it's it's 
like I said, it's still applicable. People are starting service businesses. Same thought process applies um, to anyone who's trying to do this stuff. So um, well, my last piece of advice is you, you don't become a successful business owner because you do one thing right. You become a successful business owner because you got to do everything right. Mm, that's good. Well, no pressure, everybody. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's true. That's true. Um, well, thanks. Kurt. Hey, before we go, though, um, where can people find out more about you if they want to like look you up or send you a message? Sounds like you're on LinkedIn, right? I'm everywhere. Uh, you can look up my name. My last name is, you'll probably have it on here, but it's spelled K-L-O-C. So it's pronounced clock, but it's, it's spelled wrong. Um, if you look up inspections over coffee, we're all over Google website. Um, uh, yeah, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. I'm, I'm very easy to find. Cool. And Hopefully we'll, I don't want uh, anybody any money. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll find your uh, links and stuff and we'll put it in the, the show notes for people to find it. But uh, I appreciate you coming on and, and uh, chatting with me and telling us all about your, your story. Yeah, good meeting you. Thanks for the invite. All right. Thanks, Kurt. All right. So I hope you enjoyed that interview with Kurt. Um, I know I had a great time chatting with him and learning about business and franchising and all that cool stuff. Uh, some things I didn't know about before. So hopefully you got some good nuggets of wisdom out of that. All right. Well, uh, I think everything I had to announce, I probably announced at the beginning of the podcast. If you want to get info on getting swag, T-shirts, discounts, or hear what we have going on at Drill Launch Academy, Go back to the very beginning of the podcast that you might have skipped over because you wanted to get to the interview uh, and find out the info there. But that's it. Hope you all have a great day, and I'll see you next time on episode number nine. Take care.